Alright. Appreciate the messages that we've already had. Kind of worried last night with Bill going through Timothy. Uh, my lesson is uh, Timothy, courageous man of God. And so, <laughs> kind of like, wow, he got half the lesson done already. So, uh, but uh, there's still some more in there that we can look at. Uh, I do covet your prayers and uh, uh, really important. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21. Verse 8. Everybody hear me okay? Yep. It's kind of like uh, Alvador. Everybody like to sit in the back. <laughs> Nobody's up front. You know, so I have to wear this fancy mic stuff. So. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. It says, but for the cowardly and unbelie unbelieving and the unbelieving. It's early. <laughs> abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I think it was Brian that brought out this uh, passage. He mentioned you know, the very first thing mentioned. <laughs> it's not, you know, those who do perverse things, the immoral, murderers. What's first on the list? Cowardice. Yep. Cowardice. Yep. I mean, wow. That word means dread, timid. And then the last word, faithless. Faithless. And the Thayers, the Thayers, I kind of like the, uh, the guy uses the word in the context of the, the scriptures, what it means in the context of the scriptures. And it, he has uh, the word used of Christians who through cowardice give way under persecution and apostatize or oh. fall away. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So cowardice. That's something that shouldn't even be spoken of of Christians. You know, I can understand dread, timid, but faceless. We should be of faith. Not faceless. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 8. There's two other times this word is actually used. There's uh, Matthew chapter 8 and also Matthew or uh, Mark chapter 4, but it's the same same little story. But Matthew chapter 8 Verse, let's go to verse 20, what is it, 28? No. Verse 18, 
start in verse 18 and read on down to verse 27. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. And a scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples uh, said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me, and allow the dead to bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves. But Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea and became perfectly calm. And the men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And you see the contrast there. You know, Jesus, he's just as calm as could be. You know, there's a storm going on and he's just, he goes to sleep. Then you have the disciples. They're trembling. And Jesus, you know, he says, uh, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? You see the connection there? Jesus, completely unafraid, full of faith. These guys, afraid, little faith. The two go hand in hand. And so, you know, if we look at the opposite side of cowardly, fearful, faithless, you have someone who is courageous and full of faith, who have confidence, assurance in God, absolutely, or absolutely trusting in God in all things. And so, keep that in mind when we take a look at uh, Timothy. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter, or yeah, Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. I'm going to read the first twelve verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that you may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel 
according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. But now have been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know who I am. I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Paul tells Timothy, you know, he is reminded of his sincere faith, which, you know, was first in his grandmother and also his mom. Sincere faith, the real deal. You know, she absolutely believed God and he trusted God. He put his confidence in God. Look at Timothy, he, you know, Bill did a pretty good job of laying out, you know, you got Paul who is type A, you know, just plunges right in, get the job done, and, uh, uh, you know, as with any personality, there are your strengths and there are weaknesses, and a lot of times those strengths are your weakness. You know, you plunge in and you just dive in sometimes you dive in too fast and you mess things up so you know there are strengths and weaknesses then you have timothy he's kind of the opposite guy you know he's you know type b and uh you know i can uh, uh, relate to him he's kind of timid by nature fearful and uh uh you know, Timothy was a, a, a frail person, you know, bodily. He, you know, Paul, you know, take take some wine for your stomach. You know, so he seemed to have frequent ailments. And so he was kind of a, seemed to be a sickly, frail, kind of timid kind of guy. But, you know, he was a man of faith. Man of faith. And... I can uh, identify with Timothy, uh, as uh, Bill was saying. You know, I grew up and I was uh, pretty shy, uh, painfully shy. You know, uh, in the speech class, I can remember being in speech class and I'd get up front and I was like, I literally, I would open my mouth and nothing would come out. I mean, it terrified me to speak you know, to say something. And uh, so I didn't do too well in that class. Uh, so, because I was uh, pretty shy by nature and, you know, kind of fearful at times. I don't particularly enjoy confrontation. Just not my thing. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, even growing up, you know, my parents weren't the most encouraging of, of in parents, you know. Uh, just kind of had the stain kind of drilled into me that I would never amount to a hill of beans. You know, when you're kids, you're pretty impressionable. You kind of believe that kind of stuff. But 
Who are we going to believe? Right. You know, who are we going to believe? You know, God or the inner voices? You know, are we going to walk by faith or by sight? And so, verse 7. We have not been given a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. Kind of the word where we get the word dynamite. Explosive power. You can do it. And of love. You know, driven by the love of Christ. Discipline. You know, making your slave your body, or your body your slave. Getting the job done. And so... We need to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Or 2 Timothy, yeah, chapter 2. Starting in verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1. We'll read down to verse 13. It says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The thing which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as, a, <clears throat> as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, with which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as as a criminal, but the word of God is not in prison. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that I also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Entrust the gospel, the truth, or the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation to faithful men. Faithful men, those who will not cave in under the pressure. If you go back to chapter 1, verses 13 through end of the, the chapter there Paul writes retain the stand, uh, standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the, uh, in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which had been entrusted to you you are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me among those who are uh, by Jelas and Hermones the Lord grant mercy to the house of Oniphorus, for he has often refreshed me and was uh, was not ashamed 
of my chains. And when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you know very well what services he, re he rendered at Ephesus. You know, Paul, uh, Bill, I think, mentioned last night, he had issues with those who deserted him. You know, you go back to, uh, to the last chapter there in uh, 2 Timothy, and there's all kinds of guys that are just getting out of Dodge. You know, Paul's taken prisoner, and uh, uh, they're gone. They're gone. You know, he's just praying for mercy for those guys. You know, they are faceless. You know, but then you have Onesiphorus. Here, this guy. Here's Paul in prison, waiting to be executed. And this guy goes up to Rome to go see him. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be associated with Paul. He goes and sees him. That takes a lot of courage. And he was not even thinking of himself. I mean, this guy, he obviously had a, a uh, he, he knew that he had a spirit of power and love and discipline. I mean, you know, can-do attitude, loved to do it, which drove him to get his carcass up there and go see Paul, that's right. no matter what it cost him. Yeah. That's the kind of men Tim, uh, Paul is telling Timothy to entrust the gospel to. Those who are not going to desert the faith when things get a little crazy. Trust the gospel to faithful men. Paul had complete trust in Timothy. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. To Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God of the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urge you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrine, nor pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men, strained from these things, have turned aside to fruitless discussions, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confidence assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Realizing the fact that the law is not made for the righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, immoral men and homosexuals, 
and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which, uh, with which I have been entrusted. And so go back to Acts chapter 20. Paul meets with the elders at Ephesus and uh, you know, kind of gives his uh, a short uh, little reminder of his time with them. Uh, you know, Ephesus, you know, Paul stayed in Ephesus for a long time. Three years. Yeah. By far the longest time he spent with the church. But he said to the elders that after his departure, savage wolves would come from among them, not sparing the flock, speaking perverse things, and that will draw away the disciples after him. So Paul, this is Paul's trust in Timothy. He sends him to Ephesus to the wolves. <laughs> you know, he's afraid literally being thrown to the wolves. That's what Paul did to Timothy. Threw him to the wolves. Must have had a lot of confidence in him. Right. Told him to stay on. Ephesus, get the job done. Bill mentioned I, I kind of find my situation I'm in. You know, Bill recommended me to the elders when they, uh, when their preacher decided to get out of Dodge, go after the almighty dollar, uh, which good for them. He wasn't much help for them. Thankful that uh, Bill had that kind of confidence in me. But I'm thankful to God that he had that kind of confidence in me. You know, people are all over the place regard to their faith, what they've been taught. Uh, you know, Christian church uh, is, is just a, a mixture, a melting pot of uh, all kinds of denominational people. And so there are some, I believe, that are Christian, but probably the bulk of them aren't. Um, it's, pretty hairy because I don't even know if the, any of the elders are Christians. I know at least two of them. There's three. Two of them, definitely not. Not sure about the third. It's pretty tough because I don't know if there's anybody that will back me up. I mean, that's kind of a frightening situation. The only thing I got going for me they, they know they can't find another preacher. <laughs> God's got your back. So we got your they're kind of stuck with me. You know, and amazingly enough, you know, they, they're used to all kinds of stories and all that kind of stuff. 
I come in and I'm, well, I'm Bible. We're going to look at the scriptures. And when I started there, literally, you know, they had had the, the scripture written out on the screen for years. And so, you know, I wasn't going to do that. They, they wanted to know, they wanted my scriptures written down up on the screen. And, and usually they'd only get one. Anyway, so wasn't much to put on the screen. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. And I remember starting, and I'm watching people. I said, turn to such and such. And when I see leadership struggling to find where a book of a Bible is, there's something wrong. When you're going to the front of your Bible and looking up the number to find it. We've got issues. You know, elders are supposed to be able to reprove and exhort. Right. You know, those who contradict the scriptures, not a good situation to be in. But what I heard, you know, started, you know, just preaching the word. It's you know, the one thing they asked, I said, okay, what what you want me to preach on? Elders, we need encouragement. And so, you know, Romans 15.4, uh, I believe. You know, the scriptures are written for our encouragement and hope. What is it that's going to give us encouragement right. and hope? It's not going to be through some little cute story. And so it's pretty cool that after, after a couple sermons, they're like, wow, that's refreshing. Yep. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's refreshing. The scriptures are full of encouragement and hope. You know, much excitement, you know, lots of stuff in there to be excited about, you know. And so it, it was interesting to to see their reaction. And so now they're used to me preaching out of the scriptures. They are all over the place, you know, there's, I kind of cringe, you know, they have guys get up there, do Lord's Supper. You kind of cringe when somebody goes, well, you know, when I was saved and I asked Jesus into my heart, sinner's prayer. But then I was told, you know, Acts 2.38, you know, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Kind of like. So I never know what people are going to say. And in public. And most of the time they don't even use scripture. I mean, one of the elders, he just told a story. 
Lord help us. We need guys that can preach and teach. You know, Bill's uh, doing a great job with, uh, when I started an interim, uh, I did six months of, okay, I gave him six months to find a preacher. Obviously, they didn't find one, but during that time, Bill started the college age out there. And, uh, you know, the two guys mentioned, Braden and, and Stephen, those are the only guys that are solid. <laughs> those are really the only guys I can maybe, I mean, for the most part, depend on. I mean, they're what, 20? Early 20s? Yep. Steven, he's, he's used to being up there. He does a pretty good job, and I'm going to have him when the wedding's up in Montana, his uh, Ryan's wedding. I'm going to have him preach, and so that's good. At least they have a little bit of foundation. Did he tell you what he's preaching on? I haven't talked to him yet, but I'll get him. Good. So, cool. <laughs> That'll be good. So, yeah. Let's go to Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four, one through five. Paul writes, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebu uh, rebuke, Exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away from their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry! With uh, faith and courage, you know, preach, the, preach the word in season, out of season. Right. You know, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Again, not really my thing. You know, but that's what I've committed to do you know this is well my charge you know, that was Bill's charge that was my charge this is what I've been entrusted to do you know I do love the people out in Alvador they're a great bunch of people yep. you know uh, they have a great love for each other they have a great love for God and, and are zealous for him. It's just not in accordance with the truth. Right. 
So it's going to take great patience, you know, choosing my battles, being methodical, slowly laying things out. Doing it according to the scriptures, you know, and using biblical things, you know, is really strange out there in Christendom. They have all these weird, up-to-date sayings. I mean, you got to use biblical terms, right. biblical terms. Otherwise, the the meanings get all whacked out. I mean, they, they do. I mean, they're not quite sure what you're talking about. And so, uh, you know, they have all these sayings out there. And, uh, you know, accepting Jesus as my personal Savior. I mean, I mean the, the whole sentence is kind of like out of whack. Yep. You know, accepting him. Personal Savior. Like he's just your own. <laughs> kind of weird. And so, you know, they're messed up on the truth. You know, second coming of Jesus. Ooh-wee. Now are they really messed up. I mean, they talk about all kinds of stuff. And oh, oh. With all the craziness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wars and man, all the earthquakes and everything. Like. They're all over the place. But no one has a foundation to stand on. I mean, literally. You know, Bill said, I asked for wisdom. Pray for me. I want wisdom. Lots of it. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's kind of, sometimes it's overwhelming what to do because it's just, there's, like literally nobody that knows what's going on. It's kind of tough because I don't want to lose anybody. You know, it's an older congregation. We have four ladies over 95. And they all still serve the church. There's a gal 98 years old, works on 18 acres. She is as straight as an arrow. You never guess. I don't know what's out in the water out there, but they they live a long time out there. But I don't know how much time I got with these guys. It's kind of a, you know, I got to be slow and methodical. At the same time, I'm like, I don't know when they're going to go. I mean, they're all on borrowed time. So it's like I gotta be slow and methodical, but at the same time I gotta be quick. Some places uh, I can't mess around. Planet salvation, cer certainly I can't mess around with. There's no, I mean, you can deal with that other stuff later. They gotta be in Christ. So. Pray for wisdom. You know, just as 
Jesus desires that uh, all would become saved or be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. What I desire for all those out there and anybody that I come in contact with. A couple that I've studied with, uh, Pat and Vaughn, you know, Pat mainly. Vaughn, he seems to know the scriptures fairly well, but you know, they, they've been at the church since the late 60s. Clueless, still, for the most part. Pat didn't know squat. I mean, she's still having a hard time finding the books of the Bible. But she was the one that wanted to study. You know, I just threw out one, one Lord's day, hey, Went to Hebrews and the elementary teachings, foundational teachings. Anybody ever gone through these? Blank stairs. I said, well, can anybody tell me what the plan of salvation is? Blank stairs. Not one hand went up. I'm thinking, if you can't tell me what the plan of salvation is, how do you know you're even saved? So, started studying with Pat and Vaughn, and she said, yeah, I, my mom, late 60s, she wanted to become a Christian, and somebody was studying with her, and, and, uh, uh, She's getting baptized, and she goes, hey, you want to get baptized? Sure. Well, she's telling me, I don't think I knew what I was doing. Like, really? <laughs> she didn't. You know, I'm, I'm so amazed how many people don't even know what repentance is. Don't even know what the word is. Nobody uses it these days. I think a lot of preachers don't want to use it because they're afraid they're scare people off. They might actually have to change. Right. Here goes their pocket change. But she wanted to know, and she's like, "I, you know, I don't think I got the Holy Spirit." I'm thinking in my mind, no, you don't. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, I see, you know, when we were doing repentance, you know, Act 238 comes up, and she's like, ah. I, I wasn't baptized for, you know, I kind of knew about forgiveness of sin thing, but for the Holy Spirit, I said, am I good? I'm like, I said, well, let me just continue to lay everything out. When we get through all all the scriptures, looking at, you know, we're still looking at uh, repentance and then belief and then our biblical belief and then the gospel. What is the gospel? And then look at 
baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we get all through that, we get all that laid out, then you can make an educated decision what you want to do. And uh, she made the right decision. Got done with the baptism lesson and promptly went and over to the house and hot tub. She's like, oh, that's nice. Had her husband immerse her, so it's pretty cool. Well, at least I know there's one. You just keep going after the one, right? Right. One. One more. One more. It's a long ways to go to reach people who think they are saved. That's what makes it tough. They think they're okay. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. First Corinthians chapter four, verse fourteen. Paul writes, "I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as a uh, as my beloved children. For you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet." You would not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason I have sent you to Timothy, uh, sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. You know, I always think of as uh, Ephesus. Paul sends Timothy to Ephesus and uh, clean up the mess there. But what about 1 Corinthians or the, the church at Corinth? <laughs> this is not a nice letter. You look at 1 Corinthians and it is a long, long letter. And none of it is nice. I mean, it's, it's a disaster there in Corinth. And what does Paul do with Timothy? He sends him there. <laughs> Make sure that, you know, they're doing what Paul is writing them to do. To make the changes there. To back up Paul. Hell, Timothy just having a a good old time. Timothy was a courageous, faithful man. Paul sent Timothy to Corinth. He sent him to Philippi. He sent him to the church at Thessalonica. Uh, he was hoping to go in Hebrews, he's uh, hoping to make it to uh, Judea as the book of Hebrews was being written. 
You know, he's hoping to get out of prison there. Uh -huh. Well, he's getting sent all over the place. He's kind of a the go-to guy. Tim and Timothy. Amen. Whether it's encouraging the brethren, uh, dealing with the issues, whatever it was, he was sent to the churches to deal with things. You know, and in the face of persecution. I mean, this guy was a man's man. Amen. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Bill read it last night. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> 10 through 17. Paul writes to Timothy, Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and suffering, such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, in Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live Godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We'll read on down to verse 17. <clears throat> but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Paul said, but you followed my word follow there means uh, to follow or follow near. That is, uh, attend, trace, conform to, attain, follow, fully know, and have understanding. Kind of all those things. You know, Paul, obviously, whatever situation he found himself in, well, the Lord delivered him. You know, Paul had a complete faith in God, trusting fully in God. And he fully carried out his ministry. I mean, the Lord was done with him, he was done with him. But up to then, he got it done. Timothy. He hung around with Paul. <laughs> he made several trips with him. And he got to see a lot. But Paul's faith 
Build a complete trust in God. You know, that's important to see. Right. You know, I, I've been around Bill all these years. And, man, I've been through all kinds of stuff. But he took the, the bulk of it. Plowing through. You know, that, that's good to have those kind of personal visuals. See that kind of stuff. Timothy, you know, he seemed to be pretty well versed. You know, he knew the sacred writing from mm -hmm. childhood. And, you know, those stories build great faith. You know, you talked about the men of old. You know, you look at Joseph and you look at David, you look at Meshach. Uh, Shadrach and Abednego, you look at Daniel, you know, all these guys, God delivered them all. You know, as a kid, those are great stories to get in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn to trust God and you know that God's going to deliver you. Those great pictures to put in your head. Timothy followed. He conformed to Paul's faith in God. He fully trusted God. Faith in God overpowers fear. He does. Right. As I was saying, you know, it's been a real blessing to be able to watch Bill all these years. You know, a lot of tears, a lot of trials. A lot of sufferings, but a lot of victories. You know, it's what makes it worthwhile. That's why you keep plowing through all the victories. All those who have died in Christ Jesus. That's why you do it. That's why you keep going. You know, even if it's just one more. That's why you do it. You know, I've told this before, you know, I, I've, I've got to see Bill. I remember him before, uh, well, I don't know if he had started the college age, but he, I think he just started over at Santa Clara. And my sister would go in there. But uh, I remember my brother and I, we went into his college age class or whatever he was teaching over there and we left the church because of him <laughs> I kid you not we left you know like he was kind of well we had our opinions about him he's a whole different guy and you you go with him on bible studies you will see how patient and gentle he is with people. You know, he, he admits he used to just whack them and stack them. <laughs> right? Yeah. That gentle patience, you know, where I'm at. I mean, there's no 
when Paul says, you know, to reprove and exhort with great patience, he's not kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you get frustrated if you aren't. You just got to take it one bit at a time. So great to see Bill, you know, how he has changed over the years. Watch him and, and see how he worked with people. You know, that again, you know, embedded into my brain. That, that's how I work with people. That's how I operate. I can easily, I mean, I... I'm pretty good with the scriptures. I mean, you can rip people apart with this thing. You know, that's it. Is not my word fire? And is it not a hammer? It is. If you don't use gentleness and patience with it, you will destroy them. And so... Help to have that in mind, you know, with great patience. You know, uh, what is it? Second Timothy two twenty four. Yeah. But the servant of the Lord must be. Mm hmm. And so those things, you know, it's, it's kind of all this is kind of new for me. You know, I've been kind of the on the side teacher type, but now I have to put myself in this position you know and so these are the things that's helping me becoming the preacher I need to be you know I know I got some guys to back me up from the outside but I do know that I have the Lord on my side You know, he's the one that says, you know, right at the end of Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. You know, we have a spirit of power, love, and discipline. Let's pray. Great God in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. I love reading your word. I love studying it. So much in there helps build our faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Father, we're just thankful for the encouragement and the hope that it gives us. We're thankful for the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation that has been brought to us. Father God in heaven, we're just thankful that <clears throat> also that uh, you have empowered us with your spirit in the inner man. We are able, says Paul, when he found himself in whatever circumstance, that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are able. Father, we don't have a spirit of fear we can get the job done. You know, pray that we can continue to build our faith.
so that we can become more courageous in this exceedingly wicked and perverse generation. We pray this to your glory and honor and praise. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Oh, sorry, Brian, I took some.